Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 oh my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. Future Golf is Australia's largest golfing community for younger players, providing access to some of Australia's best courses. Your membership includes free rounds, over 100 discounted green fees Australia-wide, a free professional lesson and ex-golf simulator session, and of course, the all-important Golf Australia handicap. The best part though, the price. For 19th Tee listeners, you can get a huge 20% off any Future Golf membership with the promo code the 19th Tee. So if you're looking for a place to play without the jacket and tie, Look no further than Future Golf. Head to futuregolf.com.au forward slash join. And don't forget to use the 19th T promo code for a huge 20% off. Future Golf, play your way. This is the 19th T podcast. Kieran Marsh, Nathan Drudy, back with you for another episode. Drudster, good to have your company. As always, mate. Very, very excited to be here. Now, we've been pointing in recent weeks to an exciting announcement coming the way of the 19th T family and it's finally here one that you and I've been sitting on for a little while now which has been increasingly difficult to keep under wraps uh, just in terms of our collective excitement about uh, what what is to come uh, but you have to cast your mind way back one of our earliest guests in episode fact it may 15. well have been episode 15 there you go yes. I was hoping one of us because it definitely <laughs> wasn't me had gone back and looked at what episode it was so I, I was going to say the late single figures it turns out it's the mid-teens episode 15 and it's good because I wouldn't encourage you to listen to anything earlier than that episode <laughs> I feel like it's where we really hit our straps episode 15 onwards but he first came on uh, when he was in his role up here as kind of like the regional manager up in Queensland he has since well a lot of life events for this young man he's moved back home back down to Victoria uh, which obviously has its own challenges in 2020 he's uh, he's spread his wings, Marshy. That's what he's done. He's spread, he his, spread wings. his wings. He has also said, I do. Some big moves in the personal life as yes. well. Uh, I speak, of course, of the merchandise manager for Cobra Puma Golf Australia and, of course, a great friend of the 19th Tee podcast, Brenton Ford. 40, welcome back. A return guest. Gentlemen, how are we? Thanks for having me back. Outstanding, mate, but not nearly probably as good as you. We will uh, obviously get to uh, why you're, you're back on in just a moment, but uh, things starting to... Look a little better in Victoria, mate. Good to see finally, uh, you know, you're probably able to get out and, and as we were kind of saying just before we hit the record button, not just play you around, but maybe stop, stop off for a beer and a, and a palmer after. Yeah, Dan said we can uh, get on the beers. So great news today. We're filming this on the day he's announced it. So hospitality's back open and yeah, can't wait to, obviously just been back on the golf course last week, but we can now have a couple of beers afterwards. So good, happy day. Good on you, Dan. I, I, I think he's done an outstanding job. I'm sure you'd agree. You, you got the double donuts today, which is fantastic. Uh, as, a, as a cricket fan, that's the best looking pair I've seen in a long time. Uh, but yeah, fantastic to see. I know it's been, um, and we digress a little bit, I know it's been a difficult few months while the business has been booming. It's obviously been frustrating for yourself as, a, as an avid golf fan not to be able to go out and, and stride the fairway. So it's good to see things open back up for you mate and, and i know that you will uh, certainly be making up for lost time i've already seen you out already a couple of rounds Try my best. got a oh. cheeky 2017 holes last week and uh, a few more next week hopefully but yeah it's been i mean it's been a pretty tricky year and i timed it well and moving back about three weeks before uh covid sort of bitten and took over um and got married about a week before lockdown so snuck that in luckily um and yeah worked out you know some average timing for my golf career but good timing for everything else so 
good to be back in Victoria. It is actually quite ironic, I think, Drew, to kind of map the the span of the last time we spoke to Forty, because obviously the world looked a little bit different at that time. This podcast certainly looked a little bit different, but it's probably worthwhile keeping in mind it has been uh, some time, months. You know, episode fifteen. We're now in the late late eighties, early nineties from an episode perspective, and we've grown a lot. And I think it's representative of the conversations that uh, we've been having across the time in the background with with the team at, at Cobra Puma, Simon, obviously yourself, 40, and, and, and probably culminating in what we're on to talk about this evening, which is the fact, and, and we're incredibly proud and incredibly excited to, to announce that you've officially joined the, the 19th T podcast family, Cobra Puma coming on board as the, uh, the official equipment and apparel partner of the podcast. That's it. I like it. I like the words. Partnership is, is the way we like to see it. So yeah, working together and excited to have you boys on board or for us to be on board more, more likely. I know 40, just probably straight off the top, this is the first time that the brand has probably dipped its toe in the water of partnering up in the podcast space. And obviously it's a, it's not necessarily a, a pioneering move between a golf brand and a golf podcast, but the first time for probably both of us. So probably off the top, what, what was it that you saw and, and what is it that you think you see about this medium in particular that, that speaks to, to what you guys are doing? Cause I know that we've obviously had a, a million conversations in the background that we see plenty of synergies between the two brands, but, but specifically for you guys at Cobra Puma, what is it about this medium? I think that maybe cuts through to the average golf fan. Yeah. I think even from my experience, like, like you said, we're not the, the first one to sponsor a podcast, but um, listening to podcasts um, consistently in my role in Queensland and, and just being an, an avid golf listener uh, and lover of golf, it's podcasts are, are booming and especially in the golf space, there's a couple um, that are doing it really well and, and you guys are, uh, are looking that way as well. You're a fresh young brand like we are and we're new to the golf space and, and like to do things differently is, is our internal mantra and, um, and we make cool shit that works is kind of another internal mantra we do. So for you guys, um, it seems to be, yeah, like I said, very, very um, genuine blokes who talk about golf, how an Aussie bloke talks about golf and, and being the Aussie Australian cobra people we are. Um, we see we see a nice little match there, and we think getting on board with you boys, and again, nice and early support support the uh, <laughs> support the early days in golf and the early days in the nineteenth seed podcast. So, looking forward to seeing what we can do together. It's going to be fun, mate. It's going to be a fun partnership. Um, I mean, look, what was your mantra? What did you say? We do shit differently. Is that what you said? Uh, we do things differently, or we make cool shit. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. That could be the new slogan <laughs> of the 918 podcast that we just incorporate, Marty. We definitely do things differently. I don't know. I don't know if we make cool <laughs> shit, but we definitely do things differently. So. Sometimes we make cool <laughs> shit. Pack experience was cool. <laughs> no, that was um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, tell us a little bit more. Uh, Forty obviously been a tough year. Tell us a little bit more about um, what Cobra's been up to this year. Obviously, some big things on the horizon for the brand. Um, tell us a little bit about what you guys have been up to in 2020. Yeah, I think last time we spoke would have been sort of um, potentially sort of late 2019. So um, we were just coming off a big year with F9 and, and being the number one selling driver in uh, in Australia and some places around the world, including um, the UK. So we were booming then with driver, um, replaced that with speed zone and, and started off really strong this year and, and golf started off really strong in general. Um, uh, it was coming off a sort of hot year and then COVID hit. Um, we sort of noticed the difference in sort of obviously March, April when, golf courses kind of started to shut um, or were limiting play and limiting social. Um, and we had, yeah, probably one of our worst months in the history of the company and most companies did in April. And we sort of hit panic stations a little bit to, to you know, what, what, the, what the unknown the rest of the year is going to be like and, and um, sort of started to just 
take note of, of what was happening. And then um, for us, we had um, the three biggest months in our company's history consecutively. So um, go May, June, July, um, club numbers were flying. The, the sales were, were booming online and, and we saw the online market globally do the same. But in golf, um, it was one of the only sports you could play. We saw the AFL, you know, grand final and the NRL grand final on the weekend, but you couldn't do that back in sort of March, April, May, June. So golf was the only sport people were able to play. And, and I think golf's going to be one of the sports that participation-wise, you, you guys know, as soon as the bug bites, it's hard to let go. Mm. Um, and I think that's going to be a lot of a lot of those sort of other sports that have come across the golf are going to really enjoy um, continuing to play it even after they're able to go back to their normal sport. It's kind of been a perfect storm for you in many ways, 40. I think obviously you said after that initial kind of first month of a little bit of panic, I know that you and I have had ongoing conversations in the last couple of months about the fact that, um, you know, things like, um, you know, you know, full bag sets have been the first things to sell out, which tells you that people are taking up the game in record numbers. You don't get your, your, your weekend, um, you know, pennant golfers buying package sets. It's, it's the beginners. And, that, and that's an excellent sign. And it's probably also come at a time for you where, uh, the man at the forefront of your brand in terms of Bryson DeChambeau has taken the world by storm and, mm. and captured the attention of the golf world. So I, I wonder what is it, you know, you guys are doing maybe to try and take advantage of this momentum because it's one of those things that, as you say, golf's been really one of those handful of sports that you've been able to play. And obviously people have an appetite for it, which coincides with the attention that, that Bryson is driving for, for your brand. So it really is that kind of, that perfect storm of an opportunity for you to maybe make that leap in, in, in market share and start rubbing shoulders with the big boys in terms of your share. For sure. And that's the chat we're having internally every day is, is market share is king and, and golf is going to benefit no matter which brand you play or which one you got in the bag and, and which ball you play. It's, it's golf is going to benefit from this. And that's the best thing. I mean, we know that golf wasn't heading in the right direction in terms of participation and stuff. Um, locally and globally and, and I think golf's going to be the winner but for us I mean yeah you got to you got to ride the Bryson train and he's now the US Open champion which is something we we celebrate and, and congratulate him for um, we met last year when he was in uh, we were at conference in the US and just a genuinely good dude and, and, and represents the brand really well um, and obviously packed on a couple of pounds and hitting the drivers as long as anyone or longer than anyone on tour, which is um, fantastic. But yeah, like you said, there's so many people taking up golf now, which is really exciting. Um, and the package sets, yeah, I mean, every brand sold out of package sets because there's so many new golfers coming in. And now it's just, yeah, we've really just got to um, knuckle down and, and get as much of our product out there and, um, you know, represent some really good brands with you guys and partner, partner with some really good brands. And, and again, under the Puma umbrella, because we're owned by Puma. Um, you know, we've got some really great stars. Um, Richmond, one of our biggest sort of sponsorship teams they've won on the weekend. So um, all those footy boys and cricket boys that are that are under the Puma banner are out there playing Cobra Clubs as well. So it's just taking advantage of using our network and, and just letting golfers know, like you said, doing things differently. If they want to be with that sort of younger, younger brand, less traditional kind of brand. Um, you can see there's hoodies on the golf course now and we're getting a little bit different. So it's, um, yeah, we think we're pretty poised to, take advantage of those new golfers coming in and get them under the corporate Puma banner. Now, in terms of uh, first initiatives of the partnership, you probably had a few options. You could have sponsored us to go to the gym and put on 40 pounds, uh, or alternatively, you could have put some new clubs in our hand. Uh, I think option A probably would have taken too long and you wouldn't have seen much ROI, I wouldn't have thought, from 
for us. Yeah, I, I, they're, I, they're really expensive these days, Marcy. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. I don't know that I would have seen the uh, exponential growth that Bryce, probably more incremental for me. Uh, so you've gone with option B and that's putting some clubs in our hands and particularly uh, first up through a process that I know that you sing the prices of because you you have done so since the very first time that you and I sat down for a, for a coffee and that is through a fitting. So talk to us from a person, I suppose, A, who's gone through it yourself uh, and B, for a person who works for a brand who offers it, what the virtues are of a, of a club fitting and, and why uh, why you guys felt it was a good first step for us as you know, high teen handicappers to go and, and maybe see an immediate improvement uh, in terms of strokes by just making sure we have the right clubs in our hand? Yeah, for sure. I mean, even from a personal experience, I started golf, I must be coming up on sort of five and a half years now, and, and I was the same. I was in that position of a sort of 18 to 21 marker um, and went to my local PGA pro um, that was the nearest golf course to my house, and I knew he did lessons in fitting and, and um, had a couple of lessons and then got... Uh, he basically said the clubs I've got aren't, aren't quite accurate and aren't quite the right fit for me. Um, and that was my first introduction to fitting and, and literally, yeah, from getting a, you know, slightly longer shaft, a little different lie angle. Um, I was dropping down within sort of three months, dropping out of the low team. So I saw from a first-hand experience how good fitting was and what it can change. No matter your handicap, doesn't matter. You don't have to be a single figure marker. You can be in the twenties and get massive benefit from, um, from a fitting. But yes, from there, moving into Cobra and, and, and sorry, moving into retail, I worked at Drummond for a while and, and then got into Cobra and Cobra and I was doing the fittings in Queensland and experiencing the other side of it where you can see golfers coming in and seeing that they're using graphite when they should be using steel or the other way around is probably more likely when the guys are getting a little older and or ladies are getting a little older and used hand-me-down sets that are in steel, but the new technology and the new adjustments that we can do in graphite um, or changing, yeah, changing the flex of a driver or the loft of an eye, a loft of a driver or something like that. There's so many different adjustments that you can do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, everyone has a different swing and to get the best out of your golf or to make things easier for you, cause it's already a difficult game. So to make things easy for you, we want to make sure that the clubs fit your swing more than you trying to fit the clubs. Um, and that's the biggest advantage. There's so many, like I said, there's so many different components of it, but going through a fitting gives you the biggest advantage or just gives you a head start to make sure that the clubs you're swinging match to how you're playing the game. And you're only going to see improvements from there from strike to consistency, to ball flight, to all the different things that we look at when we go into a fitting and technology. Now looking at using TrackMan um, or any other sort of indoor fitting method that's available out there. Um, it's really about looking at your ball flight and figuring out how you want to see it or how you prefer to see it or what's going to make you play more consistent golf. Because um, realistically, what I used to say constantly with my guys that had come and get fitted was, we're not here to make your best shots better, because that's not how you make your golf better. We just want to make your worst shots nowhere near as bad. If we can make your worst shots better, you'll play much, much better golf, um, whether that's wedge fitting, driver fitting, full bag, putter, whatever it is. But yeah, it's about making your worst shots better. I know we're going to get into it with our individual fitters around the, the clubs, Marshy. I don't know if you can rattle off what you've uh, got in your bag off the top of your head, but we've both got the speed zone driver. You've got a different one in the bag, a different... Model. The extreme. You've got the extreme, extreme kind of guy. Yep. Um, <laughs> I've just got the standard one. I've also got the three wood in there, and then I've got the... Uh, the irons are phenomenal. The, the way that they just 
look, the King Forge Tech irons look absolutely sensational and they're hitting the ball so purely. Uh, Marsh, you know what you've got off the top of your head? Or yeah, I've, I think got got the, the I've also got the three wood uh, yep. in, into a hybrid, which uh, Forty ambitiously said to me, you will not fat this club. <laughs> it is impossible to fat this club. It's got these uh, funky looking tracks at the bottom of the mm-hmm. bottom of the face, uh, which I, uh, as, as a... Pretty frequent fatter. I found it hard to believe that I would not be able to fat this club. And, and to your credit, 40, I've not yet fatted. I'm sure I'll find a way um, and I'll, I'll fill out the feedback form. But uh, the hybrid <laughs> is playing very well at the moment. And then uh, I've actually got the speed zone irons. I need a little yes. bit more forgiveness than you do, Dredge. You've, uh, you, you just by sheer volume, you're spending a bit more time on the course than I am at the moment. So speed zone irons, um, much like the speed zone driver, are fantastic. And then, and then those wedges, uh, yes. I've got the... Uh, the the fifty fifty four sixty they uh, in the in the matte black as well which oh, is, uh, yeah well that's right I mean at the end of the day uh, gotta look good to play good and and I feel bloody good not not necessarily <laughs> translating but I feel shit up when I walk out there yeah, yeah you good. do the the wedges like I was just I was gonna, I was building up to it that Sorry, they are the <laughs> thanks mate they are the best wedges that I've I've ever hit in my life. Like they are so pure. The spin that they generate is phenomenal as well. So I've got 50 degree, 54 actually bent to 55 and 60, which is um, probably, as everyone knows, I love the loft club. Uh, it does a lot of work out of the bunkers. Um, and if people go back and watch backspinners uh, and maybe some of the astute viewers might've seen it, they will see Marshy walking around with the Cobra bag and hitting mm. his Cobra clubs. Whereas uh, mine were waiting for me in Perth while I was working in Queensland. So I had the older ones uh, or my old clubs, which were now looking at them uh, pretty rubbish to be honest um, <laughs> and absolutely no good for my game. Um, and my driver is got the stiff shaft and it's, it's fantastic talking about consistency. Let's talk about apparel because, uh, Marshy, you mentioned it, that you've got to look good to, to play good. And it is a very, very true mantra that, uh, that we both assign to. The Puma kit is lit. That is simply uh, how good I can put it. Like the caps, mm. the, the polos, you know, people would have seen that we were both rocking those in backspinners as well. Um, the shoes... The shoes are unbelievable, 40. Um, I, have to, I have to talk about that because I took yes. the cage, to which I've just sent you a couple pair each. Yes. Um, I took those out on Sunday, Sunday. And again, like I said, I haven't been walking very far in the last 12 weeks or really <laughs> six months, walking to the fridge and to the bed, and that's about it. Um, and yeah, to take to take them out for the first run. And oh, no, I have a lot of trouble with footwear. Like, put my hand up. I'm just, just got weird feet, I guess. But blisters are, you know, it takes a while to warm into a pair of shoes. Um, for me and and yeah took these out for a spin and yeah first 18 holes in yeah god knows 12 weeks or whatever um and well, like i was walking on clouds so uh, yeah they were brilliant and take my puma hat off like these if i was trying these on and that was my first experience i'd be buying three or four more pairs because they're um yeah they're super comfy and and yeah gripping like they're the same the cage to the ones that are bryson wearing at the moment so i mean if they can handle his 100 and whatever 30 mile an hour club head speed they can handle my 110 <laughs> So very it's, true. It's important though, right, Drew? I mean, very. It's, it's it's incredibly uh, overlooked. I think your footwear on the course. It's probably you know if you spend your money primarily on your clubs, secondarily probably on your on your on your clothes. The last thing that you you kind of fall into is your shoes, which is ironic given that the game is best enjoyed walked. Mm. Uh, we all know that, and if you're walking for three and a half four hours, you know anywhere between wow. 
um, seven, six, seven Ks as a crow flies, probably closer to nine or 10, the way my ball goes. <laughs> yeah, uh, left, right, left, right. Yeah, yep. it's important. It's incredibly important. And I think it's underappreciated and overlooked. And yeah, the, the, the shoes, I mean, we, we, we started off with the, with the regular Ignites, which in and of themselves were fantastic. And then the upgrade um, that you've, you sent through there, 40, with the, the, the caged is, is incredible. I think as well, it's probably just, I mean, objectively speaking, if you look at the guys on tour, I, I think it's widely agreed that, uh, you know, someone like Ricky is probably the one of, if not the most stylish blokes on on tour at present. And I think it's down to the, the the kit that he wears. It's the cool stuff that you guys try. Like it's through that Hawaiian swing at the beginning of last year, how he had the, the floral prints and things like that. I think it's that, that spoke to us a lot as well. Uh, I think we knew of what we were going to wear out in the course is going to be representative of the personality of this podcast. It had to be a little bit different, not necessarily the three button down, you know, pastel colors had, had, had to try something different. And I think we've both ended up with, some pretty cool and, and funky shit to be honest in terms of what we're wearing which is great uh and and i think it's all I, i'm pretty sure i joked to you that i'd probably have the style of ricky and, and the bmi bryson um <laughs> not necessarily through muscle mass but uh, like it, it's 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 very cool i think to know that you're kind of in it in the gear that, that you see ricky walking around in bryson gary woodland uh you know that those guys who who make it look good and i think it's a big part of to your point earlier if you walk out feeling confident in what you're wearing and you feel 10 foot tall then ultimately it's eventually going to translate not necessarily immediately yeah. but and comfortable like i said like if you're if you're walking around and, and i've done it before especially in spike shoes but you get to 14 15 16 17 you've got blisters and you just not feel them right and you know it, it helps and and the, like you were saying the ignite the, the spikeless shoes um in my new role and and talking to the global team and stuff looking at the market worldwide 70 percent now of, of brands ranges and what's on the wall and what's selling across the US and, and Europe is spikeless shoes. And you can see it on tour. Um, there's so many players now getting away from, well, some are still wearing metal spikes, but getting away from spike shoes and into spikeless because of the comfort um, because they know the performance benefits are, have advanced now that spikeless is almost as grippy. Um, but for comfort and coming down the clutch after four rounds in a row, you don't want sore feet. And, um, and yeah, like I said, look good, feel good, play good, hopefully, eventually. Well, if they're good enough for Bryson, just absolutely swinging the piss out of the ball, uh, and he <laughs> seems to be gripping quite well, then it's good enough for, for me, the uh, 16 handicapper hitting big high right slices. Uh, right, 40, tell us what's coming up for, for Cobra Puma. Uh, a big, uh, I suppose, oh, I don't know, a big, big rest of the year, really, for the brand. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff coming uh, and a lot of cool stuff that's just come out as well. Yeah, so I mean, the Masters is still here, so that's coming uh, in a couple of weeks, and depending on when this comes out, um, we've just, Embargo's just lifted and launched uh, a new player's iron, so um, under the Ricky Blade, but above the Forge Techs that you've got, Drudes, is the is the new MIM Tour, or King Tour MIM iron, um, which is, as you said, the Wedges was our first, uh, how much you love your Wedges, the Wedges was our first dip into this new technology, this new manufacturing method of, of MIM, which is... Um, metal injection molding um, but it's basically the um, yeah the first iron to be made uh, in this method so softer than forged more precise than forged um, is the sort of tagline it's the most precise iron we've ever made um, but yeah I took them out for a spin last week and I've already ordered a set so yeah, they're absolutely pure so they've just come out um, and launching globally which is really exciting um, there's some cool limited edition stuff um, coming for the end of the year which is really exciting that I can't talk about for a couple more weeks uh, but you'll see something um, before the masters and some really exciting stuff just after the masters 
Um, so keep an eye out for that stuff. But yeah, it's going to be a big finish of the year. And then for us, the speed zone replacement comes in Q1 next year. And realistically, because of the whole COVID thing this year, a lot of things got pushed back. Um, so Q1's absolutely chockers. So, and I'm sure the rest of the golf market's the same. It's going to be incredibly exciting. And, and especially for the consumer and the, and the, the hardware or the, you know, the toys, um, nutters out there that love their golf, it's going to be a very big start to 2021. Very exciting, man. We certainly look forward to keeping our listeners uh, updated in terms of what's coming down the pipeline, to your point, uh, you know, in and around the Masters. Obviously, Ricky um, was red hot there last year uh, to finish there and thereabouts. Bryson now carrying the ball over 400 yards as an absolute <laughs> cheat code, it seems, to Augusta National. So uh, the, the flagship of the brand could be there and thereabouts come, come Sunday afternoon at Augusta National, which will also be... Very exciting, but as we said, mate, at the very top, it's um, you know, it, it's 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 a very cool moment. I think for for this podcast that we get to join forces with a brand like Cobra Puma, it's one that uh, from our very first conversation, I think we saw an awful lot of synergies between between this podcast and what you guys are doing, and we're absolutely um, you know, super proud to not only hold the clubs but wear the clothes on our back and and look forward to what we uh, what we know will be a long and and fruitful partnership. So, forty, we appreciate. Uh, you know, all your work and getting this off the ground as well as Simon back there at the head office down in Melbourne and, and look forward to, as I said, a long and fruitful partnership between the two brands. Thanks, mate. And uh, and welcome on board officially. Stoked to be on board, boys. Now we're really, really excited about the partnership and all the guys at the head office are stoked and, and the reps are out there listening to the podcast and loving it. So it's going to be, um yeah, a really exciting partnership and looking forward to the cool stuff we can do together. And, and uh, yeah, where you guys go as well. It's exciting. Podcast is, yeah almost ready to raise the bat which is yeah a really good effort so well done boys good man 40 still plenty to come on this episode Drew. still we're gonna have a chat yes. to each of our fitters which oh, will be wow i've been actually looking forward to talking to your fitter because uh, mm. miracle worker really not only think he's giving himself enough credit with simply a golf club fitter uh <laughs> legitimate miracle worker i think is is what we need to call him and obviously then we'll probably walk through what the experience was like uh as as two high handicappers never having gone through a fitting as well to kind of step you through what we saw as the benefits. So plenty more to come before you again. Thanks, mate, and look forward to what's, uh, what's to come. Thanks, boys. Get on the beers. Right, Roots, it's time now to speak to our fitters or what I would probably more commonly refer to as miracle workers. We've seen mm-hmm. some pretty amazing feats in human history. Uh, the invention of the wheel, uh, penicillin, we put man on the moon. Uh, and these two gentlemen who we're about to speak to next actually managed to fit you and I for a proper set of clubs. So add that to the list of amazing feats in human history. The first we're going to speak to had the had the, the rare privilege of fitting myself uh, there at the beautiful Lynx Hope Island on the Gold Coast. I speak, of course, of uh, Adam Clark. Now, he goes by technical rep or club fitter. I prefer tech rep. Yes. He tells me that club fitter is a little bit more i suppose palatable to the ears for for the non-golfers so clarky tech rep club fitter welcome to the 19th team mate thanks mate yeah good to talk to you uh now have you probably first and foremost recovered from what i can only imagine was a traumatic experience to stand on the other side of my track man and, and try and fit me with some clubs uh yeah it was all right it was interesting um learn a lot i thought actually and there was a few interesting uh different swing things you've got going on there but yeah it was a good day before we dial into the specifics, which will probably more just be Drew's asking some pretty pertinent questions about how bad I looked, I probably just wanted to get a bit of an idea and for the benefit of our listeners, when you've got someone coming to you and, and whether that's for 
a specific fit, be it a driver, their irons or some wedges or even a full bag like I, I did the day that we, we caught up. What is it, I suppose, what's the mental approach you're going in with? Is it um, no preconceived notions, blank slate and just trying to get the very best result at the end of the day? Like what's the sort of approach you're taking into each fitting? Yeah, so I guess the main thing I always try to think of is what they want to get out of clubs. So whether it's comparing, I always ask whether they want to compare their set to a new set or whether they're just looking for the new thing. Um, for people, let's, let's just say that they are looking for a whole bag. Um, it's usually just trying to find, breaking it in into parts. Um, so an iron set, obviously, wedges if they're at that level. Um, and then making sure we start driver and then work in and just gap properly. Um, but it's mainly just, yeah, it's, it's finding out what they want out of clubs. So sometimes people want more distance. Um, some people want more accuracy and some people, you know, want to try to get a bit of both. Um, but yeah, it really is blank slate. Everyone's a new person. Um, and it's just their story that they've got for me um, and what they want. It's probably a stupid question, Clarkie, but uh, I, I suppose going back, even one step further, but what are the benefits of going in for a club fitting? Yeah, so I guess the, the benefits I see mainly is the clients will learn a bit about their golf swing, um, but also just within golf, it's you know within a millimetre or so, right? Club, you know, striking the ball, that sort of thing. So a tiny bit of um, a tiny change in your clubs can make a huge difference to to the way you hit the ball and the, you know, how much you miss it and things like that. So I think that most people are just in standard stuff or um, haven't really even looked at their set. They could be just throwing away shots. So I think it's, um, it's really critical to get them right, basically. I think one of the interesting things you said to me on our fitting day was the balance that you have to strike between overcorrecting and getting it right. Like with the knowledge that you can do really as much as, as you need to to get the ball going not only straight but at that, the right loft and, and, and flight. But you also need to account for the fact that the person coming to you also might be doing things like lessons or other, other, otherwise to improve their own game. So you don't want to probably over-index in the fit and not allow for that improvement as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's something I, um, I would always check with them as well, how much swing work they're doing. Are they having lessons? Are they going to be changing their swing? Um, and if they're not, then we can, you know, with the equipment nowadays, you can really get quite dramatic with a fit, you know, with the length and the lie angle and, and whatever you're looking at. Um, but, yeah, if they are planning on doing some swing changes, you don't have to change your swing a lot um, if, it is, if, if it's a dramatic swing. Um, you don't have to change it a lot for the fit to change, yeah, the fit to go out. So that's definitely a good point. You, um, I would... Uh, Always check that for sure. And how, I suppose in general, noting that there may not be a pattern, it's probably very individual, but how self-aware are the people who generally come into you? Do you get a lot of high handicappers who their first fit? Do you get a lot of repeat customers who are wanting to make continual improvements to their game? Like what's, what's the general level of knowledge of people who are coming to you to get their fit? Yeah, so I, I, get, I do get a vary. Like it, it, it does vary a lot, but I tend to get a lot of people that, um, have a have an idea of what they want, um, but what I see a lot is what they think they need and want isn't necessarily what's going to perform isn't doesn't perform as as well as they 
they would have hoped or what they expect. So that's why the fitting days are so important because if people went into like a lot of times I would say to them, if you just went into the store and bought what you thought, it would be completely wrong because of the numbers were found today or something. So a lot of people know a lot about golf and about the equipment, um, but don't actually know how to apply that to themselves and what their swing is doing. Um, so I get like a bit of both. Like I get, yeah, people know a lot, but yeah, they don't know um, still what to buy for themselves. Um, so that's why, yeah, coming to me and, and the fitting guys um, where we can actually, you know, we might grab something that's, totally not on their radar but they it performs really well for them just from what we see in their swing or or something like that so um yeah aside from the astute knowledge that you've imparted on us mate one of the reasons we've obviously got each of the fitters on is to really give us an opportunity to to go hard on the other co-hosts now we've (laughs) we've managed to uh play a round of golf together um when i was over in brisbane and just want to remind everyone that i did beat marshy two and one um, it was it was a good comeback, but I did win two and one. So tell us when uh, Kmart rocked up, hit a few warm up balls, and then he's um, he started swinging. What's the first thoughts that are going through your head? There, are you going, oh Jesus, we're in for a long day at the office? Are you thinking maybe there's a little bit of talent here? What are you thinking? No, I was I was actually I was surprised at how fast he swung it. Actually, um, it, speed was good, contact not so good. We did struggle with some contact there for a while, didn't we? <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say, Drew's, Drew's alluded to maybe a few warm-up balls before you started seeing the, the good yeah. stuff. I would have said there was a, probably a bucket of warm-up bucket, balls yeah. before you missed <laughs> a decent contact on the ball. Yeah, I, as actually did run through my mind was thought, oh, we need to get some decent strike on the ball here. <laughs> I can't fit him if he doesn't hit the ball. Though. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, don't worry, that was the same with me. So I'm sure Marshall will have his opportunity. But um, uh, all, all seriousness, obviously, um, the guy does have a little bit of talent with a golf club. Otherwise, he wouldn't be sitting there hosting a golf podcast. Um, tell us what you, I suppose, you saw in Marshy. What were the faults, I suppose, that first came to mind, and and what were the numbers? Uh, what were the numbers telling you, and that you needed to fix? Yeah. So, um, like I said, you know, speed was good. So speed is something that uh, is hard to get. So if you've got it, then it's um, it's a good starting point. Um, but yeah, I noticed quite steep and left. So when I say that, I mean, um, attack angle was really steep and his club was moving a long way left with an open club face. So that usually gets that, it's, he gets that high kind of loses it to the right sort of shape. Um, you know, being really steep with the ball on the ball too, just really, uh, makes a margin for error on the strike really little very small. So if you're a little bit late, you're going to top it. If you're a little bit early, you're going to really chunk into the ground. Um, so yeah, that's, was, that was the one thing, especially with the irons that I saw that we needed to, um, to improve on. So need to find a shaft through speed and then we needed to just work with the lie angle and, um, and things to try to get that uh, strike, the, the turf interaction as best we could. That's all we're doing with the irons. It was really interesting. I mean, I mean, you mentioned the speed. I, like, I had good speed with probably the longer clubs, but I was all over the place. Like, I remember you saying to me that, um, particularly probably the three wood. Uh, I think we were up around one ten miles per hour, and and that's probably around, not to sound like I'm blowing my own trumpet, but up around kind of two a speed at one ten with a, oh, with a three more wood. Oh, more than two a speed. Yeah. So yeah. I'm 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 accelerating with the three wood, but when we put the seven iron in my hand, I was pedestrian. So even I found things like that quite interesting that 
I seem to get the big stick in the hand and want to let go, but have a bit of caution with the, with the seven on. It must be, and I'm sure, again, completely individual to each person that turns up, but even for you, like no two days would be the same in that sense, that you almost get uh, a different, I suppose, canvas and something, you know, a different piece of clay to mould each and every time someone comes to fit. Yeah, 100%. Like everyone's, every person's different, not just every day, every person's different. Like there are um, general traits that I see in a lot of the golfers, you know, like, you know, a huge percentage of golfers are that sort of like your iron swing you know, over the top kind of left. Um, it's just a general tendency a lot of people have. Um, but yeah, everyone's different. Yeah, everyone's different stature, different arm lengths, um, and they just interact with the turf differently. So there's always going to be a different fit um, for everybody. You know, different speeds um, make the club do different things through the ball. So yeah, you see, you see a vary of um, a lot of different different stuff, different swings. Well, Clark, we do appreciate your time, mate. You have been very kind, particularly to me. I think uh, we we are going to see a video that will bear the the full truth of of my fitting out and and i think that uh, our listeners will be the judge but i'm sure they'll agree with my assessment that you've been quite kind on me tonight so i do appreciate that uh we'll, we'll let them make their own minds up it was a pleasure to uh, i suppose come and join you out at links hope island and uh, I, I can safely say that the end product is something i'm, I'm incredibly happy with the, the clubs feel great in the hand and and hopefully uh, it won't be the last time i maybe shave a couple of shots off with this and i'll see you again in a year or two to uh, to fit me up again mate it's been a pleasure thank you very much for joining us no worries. You're welcome. All right, Dreads, from one miracle worker to another. We've just heard from Clarky, who obviously fitted me out with my clubs. And, and now it's your turn. So take us to your fitting day, my friend. Yes. Well, I was uh, up at Joondalup Resort, a uh, glorious Joondalup Resort. Robert Trent Jones uh, designed it is one of the best uh, 27 hole golf courses that you will find anywhere i guarantee it uh, it is probably well it is the best public golf course in in perth hands down i was up there with uh, now my very good friend and miracle worker shambo uh, who joins us um to chat through my uh, extraordinary fitting process uh, mate thanks very much for joining us pleasure guys thanks uh, thanks for having me on Take us through the day, mate. It was a uh, it, it was an extraordinary day. I think we just sat back a few times and and read numbers and looked at different things. And um, I think you could probably tell that I was in awe of a few uh, of the clubs, uh, particularly, but also the technology that we were working with and and just some of the feedback that we were getting from the the live data as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, the first the first thing was was looking at which models uh, you, you like the look of and which way you want to head head with the irons and straight away you were drawn to the the forge tech which is the the hollow construction iron with the the foam infused core which has been an absolute winner for for cobbler this year um it's got that muscle back look but but uh with all the forgiveness of a perimeter weighted iron so we we went straight for that one we we started the testing and no believe it or not your, your numbers with your seven iron were pretty solid um, if we talk track man numbers, you're, you're up around 88 there miles per hour with one of your swings. You know, PGA Tour is 90, 92, so, you know, pretty solid there. Your, um, your average swing speed with the 7-iron with the come back to 85 miles per hour, so we, we went towards the, the stiff flex and the, the KBS dollar, dollar tape of light, which was a, a good shaft for you. And uh, basically from there, mate, we, we um, had a look at the length of the golf club and the, and the lie angle. So obviously the length and the lie affects the, the distance and the, the direction. Um, so initially you had a bit of a, a toe, um, toe sole strike, which 
basically means the club's a little bit too flat for you and, and can push the ball out to the right. So we just played around with the fitting clubs and went to a, a two degrees upright and we, we saw some uh, great, great results straight away. Uh, so we, we kept with the standard standard length because your your centre strike was was pretty solid and as soon as we, we went to that two degrees upright, the, the sole impact was was bang on the money. Shem, I'm not necessarily speaking about Druids in particular, but I'm more than happy for you to use him as an example. Uh, j- just in general, when you've got people coming to you, how how much of your job is expectation management? Because I imagine a lot of people come to you and think that this is the silver bullet and it's not necessarily that the, the, the fix all, but it's laying a great foundation with clubs that are specifically fit for the individual. So how much of your job is to, I suppose, temper the expectations with what people will walk away with on the day, but also fill them with the confidence that they do have now clubs fit specific to their needs? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good question because obviously we're all going to hit bad shots. So I, I always look to fit for the bad shots as well as the good shots. So, you know, I think a famous golf pro back in the day said... Golf is a game of, of misses. Whoever misses it best is, is going to win the tournament. So, you know, it's important to manage those expectations, talk about the bad shots and, and try to reduce those as much as we can through fitting. Um, that comes back to the, the length of the golf club. I think if you've, you know, got the correct length of golf club, that affects your, your setup. Um, you're going to have a better setup and, and that's the foundations and the, the fundamentals of the golf swing. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't. Agree, I couldn't agree more. It was um, one of the we were just talking about before the wedges. Like I'm in yeah. love with them, and yeah. Marsha, you know, I don't shut up about these things. Um, <laughs> but they are very, very good wedges. Um, I just love how how much spin you can generate with them. And I remember when I picked the first one up, I said to you, "Okay, this is this is the part where I'm probably the most confident in my game is the is the wedge play. The mim wedges yeah. have just been so um, so popular for you guys since they came out." They've been really, really well performing as well. And I, I guess as a brand, you guys must be incredibly proud of them. And, and for you as a fitter, uh, seeing players, high handicappers like myself, stand up and, and feel comfortable with a wedge in hand is uh, is not necessarily the most common thing. No, I mean, exactly right. And, you know, it's a fantastic wedge. It, it flows on nicely from the Forge Tech. It's got a similar look, um, similar cosmetics. The technology, uh, the MIM construction, it's, it's something that is a first. Um, you know, Cobra is all about innovating and uh, we innovated the MIM wedge. So it's basically a stance of metal injection molded. So it's a, a 304 stainless steel that starts off in a powder form and, and then they go through about three different processes to, to give it a, a classic look, gives it a very soft feel. Um, and then obviously you mentioned the spin there. with the, It's got a CNC milled face with, uh, with nice grooves and you get a lot of good control great spin around the greens and, and great stoppage with full shots as well. Shamba, obviously um, we, we speak about the brand there. It's, it's been in the headlines for all the right reasons with the meteoric rise of, of Bryson across the last few months, particularly since the resumption of golf and how he has transformed his body and really changed the way we've spoken about the game. I, I wonder what flow on effect that's had for you at the, at the coal face from a fitting perspective. How many people are coming to you uh, who are about half Bryson's weight and maybe an eighth of his skill, but want, want the one length clubs and, and want to be like Bryson. And how do you go about maybe, uh, you know, again, not, not just tempering expectations, but explaining that, you know, Bryson is a very specific individual and, and that people have to be realistic about what suits their game best. 
Yeah, I mean, exactly. We, I mean, with Bryson, you know, we, I'll quickly touch on driver. We, we all want to smash driver as far as we can. Um, that's that's everyone. You know, we always want to stand up there and hit as far as we can. And the speed zone drive, which he, he's got in play, that increases club head speed, which we fitted you into there, um, increases um, your ball speed as well. So ball speed relates to distance. The whole one-length story, well, I mean, that's just been a, a whole whole different beast. It's it's not a new concept. It's a, a concept that was around in, in 1970 with uh, Mo Norman. I'm not sure if you're familiar with, with that name, but he's just been able to bring it to life. It, he's, he's got a very upright swing, and just having a, a seven-iron-length golf club all the way through it, it basically it gives you a consistent launch with your, your, your longer irons and your um, your shorter irons. It gives you better distance gapping. And, and for the beginner as well, it's so important because you mentioned set up before with the length of golf club. When you've got one length golf club, you, you've got one setup. So for someone new to the game, you're not having to, to worry about moving ball position. You're not having to change your setup, your stance you, or anything like that. It's basically one swing. So we've seen a, you know, a really, um, particularly after the US Open, a, a strong uh, following, a strong um, People wanted to try one length for the first time uh, and, and really loving the concept. And we do that in the, the forge deck irons, which is a, for the better players such as yourself there, there, Drudes. And we also do it in the speed zone for, for someone that wants a little bit more forgiving. Now let's talk a little bit about the fit with Drudes. Uh, he took great pleasure in, in pulling the piss out of me with Clarkie and, and the inconsistency <laughs> of my, my, my shot shape with, uh, with the driver and, and the iron. So what was the biggest challenge? What was the moment you kind of stood back and thought, shit, I've bitten off more I can chew here? What, what, what was the moment where you thought, wow, we, we, maybe too much work that needs to be done to correct this? What was the, what, what was the catalyst for change? To, to be honest, his irons were a little bit tricky. Um, I mentioned the lying there. He, um, he had a sole strike and then, you know, the, the contact on the, the club face was a, was a little bit all over the shop there. He, I think he was was thinking about work there as as well as a, a lot of us tend to have a few things in our mind when we we hit some golf shots or play golf. So he did scunge a couple of seven irons there. Sorry, sorry, mate, but um, that was that was a little bit tricky. But we got the right answer and and the right um, the right recipe. And and then the driver was was one that you know his attack angle, which basically is a descent into the golf ball. He was he was down hitting down on the golf ball, similar to his iron. So his attack angle was quite steep, which means the ball's going to launch a little bit lower, potentially spin a bit too much. So we just um, we increased the loft of a, a 10.5 degree driver. We played a little bit around with the weights to, to move the centre of gravity of the, the driver as well. And we got the, the launch of the driver where it needed to be at about 12, 13 degrees. And we reduced the spin through choosing the, the right shaft for his, for his swing. Um, he absolutely nailed his fairway and, and hybrid and he actually flushed his wedges. So probably the, the irons and the drive were the, the two tricky ones, but we were, we were able to, to sort through that with a, you know, a few good swings and, and a few uh, equipment changes and updates. Well, fortunately, um, you can play the whole course with a three wood and a hybrid and a set of wedges. So that's, um, <laughs> you, you, can, you can, it's going to be my new strategy now. So it's, uh, no, yeah, but mate, it was, uh, it was a bloody gripping day out there. Really enjoyed it. Obviously picturesque out at the, uh, journal up golf resort. They do a, uh, a wonderful job out there and you did a wonderful job in fitting my clubs cause I've absolutely adored them. Uh, I picked up or you dropped off the hybrid to me today, which was, uh, a very welcome surprise at work. So uh, thanks for jumping on and having a chat to us about my fitting. Uh, a lot of fun. 
uh, and very, very insightful uh, into my game. Thanks for jumping on, mate. Pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. And yeah, quick shout out, obviously, to, to Joondalup Resort and the guys up there for, for hosting us there. And all the best, uh, Nate. I look forward to catching up for a game of golf soon, mate. Um, when uh, closer to Christmas, when we can sit back and enjoy a nice beer afterwards. Absolutely, mate. Sounds fantastic. So there we have it, Droots. Our two fitters, Clarky and Chamber, giving us the lowdown on what would have been probably two very interesting experiences. I said miracle workers at the top and I stand by it, uh, but really, really enjoyable. I don't know about you, but I think it exceeded any expectation that I had. And probably in many respects, I think it eliminated a lot of stigmas. I think a fitting has for guys like you and I that, that sit in that kind of mid-teen handicap range. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's the, that's the thing is that, you know, you, you hear people who go, talk about going to get fitted and you think that they're just the, the really low handicappers, but realistically it's the people like you and I who need to do it more than anyone. Uh, and the experience was really, really good, obviously. You know, for me, Shambo was very, very um, accommodating to what, what I was. And, you know, he pushed me on a few different things and said, you know, have a, have a go with the driver and the three wood. And um, I think it's obviously paying dividends because um well obviously we've been sitting on this for a little while to be honest this this announcement those close to us know that our clubs have been uh in play for maybe a few weeks um you a little longer than i but um i mean going out on the course now you know we were talking about it just a moment ago the clubs are are significantly better than what we were both rocking around with before and I think that's funny, right? Like the the stigma, as we said, is is around. It's only an exercise for for low handicappers. But if if you think about the amount of money the average golfer probably invests walking into a shop and just buying something off off the shelf mm. uh, without any sort of knowledge, it's it's really money down the drain because you're picking out a club that is in no way, shape, or form fit for purpose for your swing. Uh, and I found that really interesting in what in what Clarkie said, and he said it a lot to me on the day that we're out at Lynx Hope Island. He said that, you know, there's a lot of people who are incredibly proficient and knowledgeable in tech and the latest things on the market, you know, irrespective of the brand, but that doesn't equate to how it applies to your game specifically. Mm. Uh, and so there's no use in having all that knowledge if you don't have the practical application to your swing. And I, I, I know that you have obviously you've explored the the lessons route a little more deeply than I have, but I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that the three hours that I spent with Clarky, I learned more about my game in that window than I probably had in the previous decade, uh, purely because it was, it was um, a data driven using the track man, which is something mm. I'd never used before and was phenomenal in terms of not just swing speed, but flight attack angle, uh, all those sorts of, yeah, phenomenal stats. But, but also I think just, the experience of someone like Clarkie who does this day in, day out. Uh, and he's seen, whilst all swings are unique, he's almost seen them all. Uh, and so knowing straight away the subtle changes that need to be made to make a large impact, uh, you know, incredibly worthwhile. Yeah. And, you know, you touched on it there around the lessons and the, and, you know, sort of what I'm working on with Glenn um, and just the faults that I have in my own game from, you know, just purely sitting behind a desk all day, meaning I'm quite, you know, not overly flexible through my hips and, and all the rest of it. So, you know, I know I'm never going to be a scratch golfer, but it's a, you know, working with, so for me, hitting the driver, hitting very much down on the driver, my previous stick had 10 and a half degrees of loft, which is probably one of the more loftier clubs uh, that you could get. Um, and I, pure, and I bought that off Facebook marketplace. So there's me just, 
trying to get better at spending 50 bucks on a sticker for Facebook marketplace. And that was uh, a standard, standard shaft. My new driver has got a stiff shaft in it. It's lofted to 12 and a half degrees. So we've, we've gone up two degrees automatically, which is, and I'm seeing the dividends on the golf course with a, a more consistent and straighter ball flight, albeit the technical side of things and the technique still needs a lot of work that um, that's something that we're working on. And I think that's really important that, you know, getting fitted for clubs isn't going to solve every issue in your golf game. If you're still coming across the ball, like I am with my driver, there's no, there's no driver on the market that's going to be able to put to, to straighten that out completely. But when you work with people like the guys at Cobra, like we did, it is able to straighten out a little bit, but still able to, um, you know, have that that um, openness to work with your coach to eradicate all that technical stuff that you've got to got to get rid of. And to be honest, Matt, I think like I think the best analogy I can draw, having gone through the experience and now come out the other side with a set of clubs that you know are fit for my swing, is like without doing this in many respects, it's like building a house without a slab. Mm right? Like th- this is purely the, the, the base foundation of, of your game because you could go and have a year's worth of lessons and literally have the perfect swing. Yeah. But if you don't have clubs in your hand that are fit for your swing, if you're stiff, sorry, if your shaft isn't stiff enough, if, you, if your club isn't long enough or short enough for that matter, if the lie angle um, isn't lofted to where you need it to be in your club face, all these sorts of things like they sound like one percenters and they truly are, but they're one percenters that make a difference over the course of a large volume of shots in a round. And yeah, that's right. it's the quickest way for people at a handicap like yours and mine, probably particularly more so mine to shave a few shots off immediately because simply you're using clubs that are fit for your swing. Uh, yeah. And I think that's, you know, again, it broke down a lot of stigmas for me. Um, it broke down a lot of probably preconceived notions I'd had about the process and having gone through it and seen now the ability to um, first and foremost find the middle of the club far more often is you know is an immediate result that I've seen. Mm. But but also I think the confidence that that brings like there's also always previously a little bit of hesitation you step up particularly to the first tee and with very little to no confidence in the driver about where it's going to go and and just the added confidence that you take to the course knowing that the club in your hand is truly your club Mm. yeah it was i can't can't put a price on it to be honest no i think that that's a really good point is the the confidence like i literally never hit my three wood before uh, and now it's probably one of my favorite clubs like i'll use it you know there's there's a lot of holes that you play that realistically when you stand up at the tee that aren't driver holes and before i had really no option other than to hit it and, and hope for the best really so I think it's um, it has instilled a great deal of confidence. And I mean, look, uh, the thing is people get turned away by the price or, or, or whatever it might be. And yes, like it can be expensive, but I think that is part of the reason why we wanted to partner with Cobra and why Cobra sort of wanted to partner with us is that they're not at that elite price range, but yet they make elite stuff. All of their stuff has been gold certified by Golf Digest this year. Their driver, Bryson DeChambeau's using the driver, so if he's using Hello. it, then there's there's something something right. So, um, uh, going through the uh, the fitting um, process and getting the clubs at you know w- what is a, a really reasonable price is something that I think we're both 
um, very proud of to be part of, I suppose, the Cobra family and, and have the Cobra family as part of us uh, here, at, here at the 9 T as well. 100 percent mate and and you know couldn't couldn't have said it better myself incredibly proud to have cobra puma jump on board as 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 we said at the top the the new official uh, apparel and equipment partner of of this little podcast and and we often say uh pay to play well they have certainly paid to play and and you know done, done it um done it proudly so really looking forward to uh what will be a fruitful partnership moving forward with the team at cobra puma um obviously it started off with this this first little initiative and we hope you have not only enjoyed this evening's chat, but also enjoy the videos that you'll see across our social platforms uh, that accompany this to show you the insights of our little fitting days, both fantastic little bits of content, Droids. Uh, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed watching yours as I know you did mine. So I hope that the listeners get as much enjoyment out of it and strongly, strongly uh, advise you to just go along to a fitting day and and it doesn't necessarily have to be a personal appointment um the guys at cobra puma do an excellent job at a number of clubs um in each of the driving ranges so you know get in touch with your club your local driving range there's no doubt be a demo day coming up in the near future uh, and all you have to do is turn up really like the, the guys make it as easy as as humanly possible um to get something out of the experience you might not walk away with a set of clubs but i guarantee you'll walk away with a little bit more knowledge about your swing um which is you can't you can't put a price on it Drew, to be honest so highly recommend that'll probably do us droids yes. uh i'm conscious that uh listeners have stayed with us for this long through <laughs> through an advertorial uh but well well worth it it's as we said great to jump on board with the team at cobra pyramid certainly looking forward to exploring uh the the many pieces of the content that will come out of the partnership and, and fantastic to have them on board as part of the 19th t podcast family that'll do us for this episode plenty more to come i'll speak to you my friend very soon <laughs>